What is up? It is Alex West, host of the AM1 Podcast, letting you know you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and you can like and subscribe and post nice comments on all those platforms because you know the internet is a nice place full of nice commenters. Today I'm joined by Andrew Johnson, noted Celtics outsider. We talk a little bit of Boston Celtics, but then the meat of the uh, the show is us talking about NBA prop bets that we made back in September. Uh, and it's funny because we're bad at this. So if you want to win money, don't uh, take our advice. And if you want to be entertained, that's what we're here for. Uh, so we have some NBA prop bets, and then we close with a little bit of Sixers talk before we go, uh, because that is a compelling story. So anyway, Brent, why don't you just take us away? So I want to welcome my guest to the podcast today. He is the Celtics outsider. He is the exe- one of the executive producers of The Swingman. He is one of the editors at the 94 Feet Report. He is just a multi-talented man. It is Andrew Johnson. Andrew, what's up, man? Uh, I am also very disappointed at the state of the Celtics right now. Okay, and that's where we're going to start. Now, today we had planned to talk pr- uh, primarily about the prop bets that we made at the beginning of the season uh, but then things kind of changed on us over the past couple of days, over about the past week, and uh, I don't know what to say. So a couple of days ago it was announced that Kyrie Irving was going to have season-ending surgery, a second surgery. He'd already had the first surgery to remove the tension wire, and he was going to have a second surgery to do something. Uh, I think it's removed the screws that were left there because of uh, the bacterial infection. Right. Okay. But like uh, you, you said all the words I've heard, but I've heard oh. them in different orders, right? <laughs> right. So yeah. like, was the bacterial infection under the screws? And they, t- I don't know. Anyway, doesn't really the the logistics of it doesn't really matter because we're not here to talk uh, different kinds of knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. We're, exactly. here to, we're here to talk Celtics. Now, let me ask you this first question. How much do you think this factored into the decision, the fact that Gordon Hayward wasn't going to be back, the fact that this was essentially from five minutes in a lost season? Do you think that uh, when Danny, when Brad, when Kyrie sat down and they talked about this, do you think that that came up and the idea that a fully healthy Celtics squad next season is going to be a lot more dangerous than a half a half healthy Celtics squad this season? I would be very confident in saying that, that those – Pretty much those exact words that you just said had come out of Danny's mouth in some way, shape, or form. Um, it's just, it's a, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to run the risk of alienating your guy because I'm sure Kyrie felt, if this was a conversation that happened, that he could take this team the whole way, at least be competitive. But you got to have that long picture, long picture view. And um, a healthy Kyrie next year, it beats the crap out of uh, an ailing Kyrie that might be. Might be a bit behind the eight ball next year with healthy Gordon. It will be interesting. Uh, Kyrie will be going into a contract year next year. Healthy Gordon Hayward. Celtics in a little bit of a salary crunch. But you know who the person I feel most bad for in all this is? Is Greg Monroe, which is a very weird thing. But Greg Monroe has come into his own over the past couple of weeks, playing really well for the Celtics. Uh, Had a triple-double. 
just a couple of nights ago, just has really been similarly impressive as a as a center off the bench for the Celtics and then playing a little bit with Horford from time to time. But he's a guy who signed with a team that he thought was probably the best team in the Eastern Conference at the time, even without Gordon Hayward. And now it looks like it's going to be Terry Rozier, uh, Al Horford, Greg Monroe, Marcus Morris, uh, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, which is not a bad rotation, but uh, it certainly is not a, a threatening to win the Eastern Conference rotation. Yeah, I actually hadn't thought about it from Greg's perspective. That is kind of a kick in the pants, but um, I'm sure I'm sure Marcus Morris uh, and Marcus Smart, uh, every, all the Marcuses are rallying the troops morale-wise, and uh, they're going to play they're going to play that underdog underdog card for as long as they can. And uh, I guess the upside of Greg, he'll get that uh, the Stevens bump next year. So he's not he's not going to be hurting too badly, I don't think. That's but, true. Uh, uh, let's l- let's talk about the obvious uh, hitch in the giddy up right now. Uh, the Miami Heat, a team that has given the Celtics trouble all season long because of their size, because of their switchability, because of their intelligent play. You know, mostly on the shoulders of Coach Eric Spolstra are lined up across from the Celtics right now. And it looks like a pretty good luck that that's going to be uh, the team that the Celtics are going to play in round one. Now, it's not 100%. Obviously, I guess something could happen with the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards play two more games. The Heat play one more game. So, you know, it, things could change. Uh, uh, but it do- looks like the Bucks are going to end up at six. And then it's going to be between the Heat and the Wizards. And the Heat have the uh, – have the open season to get to that number seven seed to face the Celtics. How scared are you of this Miami team, a team that's shown a lot of versatility uh, in terms of lineup and just in terms of resiliency to uh, as being a good team? I think uh, if the Celtics are at at least close to full strength, this is kind of exactly the kind of first round matchup. Obviously, you know, you'd, you'd like to have cakewalks for fo 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 the whole fo, way fo, through. Fo. Yeah. But this is a good, um, this is a good test of metal. Would have been, I think. I think it's it's just scary enough now that I don't know. The Heat do match up particularly well with the Celtics, and uh, it's it's the one team I actually wanted to dodge, not necessarily for rational reason reasons, but uh, I just I feel like the ghost of Kelly and Olynyk is going to come back and strangle us to death. But well, you know, it could be the Karma series. Uh, Celtics fans sort of celebrated the move to move Isaiah Thomas, even though there was a little bit of, you know, bad feelings. But uh, we, they, the Celtics then stole Gordon Hayward. There's a lot of bad, bad karma around the organization, and it would be pretty karmic if Kelly Olynyk, the hero of Game Seven of last year. <laughs> were to uh, ride into Boston and oust the Celtics after being unceremoniously dumped in favor of Gordon Hayward. I wake up, I've woken up the past two nights with fever dreams of Kelly Olenek laughing in my face, an inch from my face, and I I can see it happening. It's scary. It's very terrifying. So here's the thing. I'm looking at these box scores. Celtics played have played the Heat three times. Now they were all in October, played once in October, once in November, once in December. But uh, Boston won the first meeting, and then Miami won the next two. And it looks like Miami sort of dictated the pace in these games. I, I don't remember right offhand watching them. I mean, I know that I'm sure that I did, but I don't remember watching them right offhand. But uh, Kelly Olenek had 32. Uh, in the game in December, and um, Hassan Whitesides did not play for 
any of them, it looks like. Oh, no, there, here he is. Here he is with eight points and 10 rebounds. So uh, Celtics traditionally have problems with big centers, or at least this iteration of the Celtics do. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it seems to me like that could be a series that the Celtics probably would be favored in, um, regardless of just for home court advantage, for seemingly equal talent. Um, but, yeah, that's a scary series. It really is, and uh, Spo, as you touched on, I think is the one coach in the East, at least that I, is coming to mind right now, that I, I think cuts into Brad's coaching advantage more. or the, He cuts into it more than I think any other coach in the East does right now. I so actually totally agree with that. It, he may cut into it more than any – there may be a couple in the West. Any non-pop guy? Yeah. Pop Quinn Snyder uh, is another yeah. coach that I think is really good. Uh, I'm not a big Steve Kerr game day coach. I think he's more Phil Jackson than Pop. But oh, for sure, N- taking nothing away from him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so if I put you on the spot right now and I said, "What's your prediction?" If this is the series the way it lines up, what would you say? Just being sort of put on the spot here. Um, honestly, I think this might be. Uh, well, I'm gonna go Celtics. I think in in seven actually. Yeah. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that feels very right. Yeah. I just I just see a slugfest back and forth, adjustments, battling adjustments, and then the to the victor goes the spoils. That's 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 my prediction. And then if that were to hold out, the Celtics would face uh, the 76ers in the second round. Not a matchup with a oh, if if Joel Embiid's healthy. Not a matchup I'm looking forward to. Not at all. That's like one nightmare matchup to another one. How yeah. how did we get here, Alex? I, I don't know. If, if you tell me at the beginning of the season our first two matchups are going to be are going to be the freaking Miami Heat and the Sixers, I'd be jumping with joy. And now both of them look daunting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is a rough, rough hoe to toe. Yeah, uh, everything else worked out. Just, yeah, you just said it. like everything worked out perfectly for this team. This is mm-hmm. the exact draw you want. Yep. And yet, without two of your three best players. <laughs> Yeah. It's sad times. It's sad times. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the Celtics anymore. I can't. I can't do it. I've <laughs> avoided both talking and thinking about them all mm-hmm. week because yes, of this crazy stuff. So let's get into uh, our NBA prop bets now. If you were listening back in September, Andrew came on the show, friend of the program, Celtics mm-hmm. outsider Andrew Johnson came on the show. Uh, we talked about where we thought Dwayne Wade would sign. And he signed mid-podcast, which was a very funny because <laughs> we were both talking Cleveland and then we threw in you know a couple other names, San Antonio sort of cropped up. Uh, but then mid-podcast, you got to break news. But other than that, there's a lot of good stuff in this podcast. So now that the season's come to a close or very close to it with just a couple of days left, we just one day left, uh, we'll be able to take this apart. So let's start with who do you think you said the MVP of this season would be? You didn't listen. Uh, I did, and which I, I really love this juxtaposition yeah. that you you don't remember any of this. I, I, I don't remember a single prop bet. I don't mm-hmm. think. Okay, so this is going to be fun. And I, I got to say, looking back at past Andrew, he was probably he probably had those uh, those Kelly Green colored glasses. And was okay. Kyrie Irving. All right, your choice was Kawhi Leonard. Oh, for what. A- Okay, well, props to me for not going Kyrie. Right. But uh, RIP me as well. That's so bad. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody could have foreseen that he would only play nine games and not be Kyrie Irving. I mean, not yeah. be uh, Kawhi Leonard, though. Yeah. What a, what, a, what, cra- what a weird season for Kawhi. 
my choice, and I still sort of stand by this, not as my choice for MVP, but I still sort of stand beside the reasoning. Uh, I chose LeBron mm-hmm. uh, as the MVP, and I definitely saw where I was coming from. Little did I know that uh, LeBron just takes regular seasons off. And I say taken off, he's averaging like a career high in rebounds and <laughs> assists and his highest point total since 2010, and he's still taking the regular season off. Yeah, he, he he's not quite in playoff LeBron yet, which is it's hilarious. <laughs> Interesting. I was having a discussion um, on Slack with some of our other guys, some of our draft guys. I was talking to Patrick and Estacchio and Will this morning, and, and uh, LeBron's name came up, and we started talking about Estacchio, uh, who wrote writes for Fear the Sword, which is the uh, Cavaliers a Cavaliers outlet, and a big Cavaliers fan said. One of the most interesting things about LeBron James this year is that he hasn't played the four, and he's sort of like made a, a, a patent refusal to play the four and also at the same time to defend fours. Um, and, you know, that was something I'd sort of picked up on earlier in the season and kind of phased out of uh, after, you know, well, let's just be perfectly honest. I feel like I've watched 4,000 college basketball <laughs> games and about and about four NBA games in the past month. Yeah. Uh, but – Anyway, um, he, he said that his point was that uh, once the playoffs started, there you would see a totally different iteration of LeBron because obviously playing and defending the four is his most effective position, uh, but it's something that he had not done all season long and sort of led to the bad defensive metrics and all the things that we saw were a result of a lot of people having to play out a position around them. That's pretty fascinating, actually, and it's got to be the most taxing position for him to play as well, so... Pretty pretty savvy move by the Cavs there, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I th- I think that when you think about it, I, obviously, you know, there's the LeBron Jordan discussion, which I don't want to do or have ever. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, Jordan was this guy who was engaged all the time, and it does feel like LeBron sort of picks his spots. But when you start start to take that apart, that's probably the central pillar of what has allowed him to be as healthy as long and play as well as long as he has. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I got tickled. I got tickled right there. Right. I, was hoping, I was hoping he wouldn't pass it back to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is the joy yeah. of, of live yeah. radio. <laughs> yeah, you are 100% correct. It really is. And, oh, okay. I'm, I'm back. I'm back now. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, just, a, just an interesting little note on LeBron and something yeah. to see as we sort of change gears into playoff LeBron. Uh, yep, 100%. All right, so we next thing we did was Dark Horse MVP candidates. Um, we chose uh, somebody that we thought – you know, maybe had a chance to be in the MVP running, but probably wasn't going to be one of the first people we God. thought of. Now, if – I'll throw it to you. Who do you think you thought is your dark horse MVP? It's, this has to be Kyrie. Though, it was. Right? It okay, was. Yeah. You're yeah. correct. And yeah. mine was Anthony Davis. And Ooh. honestly, I felt like we did probably better on our dark horse MVP yeah. candidates yeah. than our regular MVP candidates. Through really no fault of our own, but yeah, yeah I think I think our dark horses are pretty close to the mark for dark horses. Okay. Uh, moving on to rookie of the year, who would you think you would have said for rookie of the year? Ooh, jeez! Uh, did I go? Uh, probably Ben Simmons. You did. I guess. Okay, and, and looks like you're going to be correct. Well, if you I, listen to Ben Simmons, 
<laughs> True. If, according to Ben Simmons, he's the rookie of the year. And I think according to voters, he's going to be the rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, my choice was, and I still kind of stand by this, but I definitely see what was not going to be correct now, uh, was Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. And we were very high on uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Still, I mean, uh, coming out of the coming out of the uh, summer league, Dennis Smith was just dunking on literally everyone and their mothers. So, I mean, I, mean, I can see it. I still can, to be honest. It's yeah, just, I was going to say, take him a bit. Like, I'm not out on Dennis Smith. I just think the rest of the Mavericks team's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he played pretty well through that throughout the season. Obviously, Mitchell was not on either of our radars. No, not at all. Despite what we had seen in summer league, and I think even talked about. Um, now, our Dark Horse uh, Rookie of the Year candidate, yours is good. Mine is funny. Um, <laughs> who do you think your Dark Horse was? Oh, God, I got no idea. Is it – Is it? Uh, <laughs> I didn't say false. That wouldn't be a Dark Horse. No, that wouldn't be That wouldn't be a Dark Horse. Was it, was it Tatum? Was it was Tatum. Tatum. Okay. It was Tatum. All right. Tatum, Tatum was your Dark Horse. Mine was uh, Deer and Fox, a player that I have a known infatuation with. You got a fox on for him. I do. <laughs> Damn it, he plays hard. He does. He makes big shots. Yeah, the uh, Sacramento radio station I listened to yesterday was saying that he was their MVP of the year. Uh, though the other guy said it was Bogdan, which I, I probably agree with. But I think I think Darren Fox, Fox is the heart and soul of that team right now. I really love Darren Fox. I mean, he, he the, what he did in that UCLA Kentucky game where he sort of just oh. ate Lonzo Ball's lunch and eviscerated him. And everything he did this year, every time I caught myself watching the Kings more than I feel like any one man should. Um, and mostly because I think probably, you know, just sort of the connection of you living out there and then me being very interested in their rebuilding process, just sort of put it in my head. But there aren't a lot of great West Coast games on any given night. Uh, and so I ca caught myself watching like Kings Nuggets and Kings Trailblazers more often than I thought I would. Uh, but I really, De'Aaron Fox, despite not being able to shoot a lick, which is yeah. his real problem, is a player that I'm still pretty infatuated with, and I definitely see the draw, and I definitely see the things that made me believe he could be a Rookie of the Year candidate, uh, but he is going to have to massively improve his ability to shoot the basketball. Yeah, he's. I'm not counting him out for sure, but if he puts it together, obviously everything you said is holds holds and rings true. He's a he's a baller. I think uh, if you take out De'Aaron Fox's two games against Lonzo Ball, I think he single handedly made me question Lonzo coming out of college. Just just the De'Aaron Fox games. Yeah, no, I think that's still fair. I still think you've seen some of that throughout the season with Lonzo, where there's not quite the competitive drive that you want to see from a player who you take second overall. I mean, it's just like not quite what you want to be. So I'm not, while obviously, you know, the talent is there and Lonzo's a great player and I would be glad to have him if I were building a young franchise around him. Um, there's still some of that there. I mean, I, I think, I think De'Aaron Fox exposed some things that do exist and we may see more of as the Lakers become better if Lonzo Ball is still with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but I think that you haven't seen the last of those problems you identified uh, personally. All right, so the next category uh, that we covered after our Dark Horse Rookie of the Year, and it's very interesting when I listen to this, we just went through very random things. Like I thought we would go through all the awards. We did not. <laughs> I thought we would go through over-unders, which we did a little bit of. So just, uh, 
it's just jazz, man. It was. It was very much just jazz. So the next award that we covered was first coach fired. Now, oh. there have been a good number of coaches fired during the season, and there may be a good number more who get their walking papers as the regular season starts to end. But who would be your guess that we uh, thought would be first coach fired? Hmm. Um, well, geez, I have no idea now. Was it – give me you, – you lead on yours. Okay. Well, we guessed the same one. And, uh, and, <laughs> and listening back on it, it seems very out of left field. I mean, I get our rationale, and it was actually solid, but it seems very out of left field when you look at – it wasn't Jason Kidd. Okay. It wasn't Earl Watson. Okay. It wasn't David Fisdale. It wasn't any of the coaches who got fired early on. It was for some reason Alvin Gentry. I was okay. I was actually honestly, I paused because I couldn't remember if Gentry or Williams was the coach. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we uh, we thought that Alvin Gentry um, was on the hot seat, and I get that. Uh, and it's going to follow up with a bet that we made later, wherein. Uh, we had a prop bet about will DeMarcus Cousins be on the Pelicans by year's end. Mm-hmm. So these were kind of, you know, corollary bets. And I, we, I re- yeah, oh, go I, ahead. Remember, I remember being very uh, uh, conscious of the, uh, of the Pelicans going kind of all in with mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins. And I figured, I think we were both kind of on that. Well, if Gentry doesn't do it, uh, he's, he's the easiest out because they're, they're all in on their team right now and they're not going to let a coach stop them. That's basically what the rationale was. And it made sense, you know, uh, but both of us said that we thought that Cousins would be traded by year's end. Now, that was in a world where Cousins had an Achilles. Um, But I think this is interesting. I think there's an interesting point in all this. Do you think Alvin Gentry's in danger at all right now? I I think he's he's got to be on the list of safer guys right now after right. the way after the way they played together like <laughs> couldn't couldn't have missed the mark further and not only like I I don't, I don't know how much you know these things sort of factor in um with we'll see it with Tibbs we might see it with other coaches in the Western Conference but injuries take a toll on a team mentally physically um, the Pelicans are going to be in the playoffs. And they are the five seed right now without DeMarcus Cousins. And no matter what happens, if they get swept by the Jazz, if they get swept by whoever, we can always just go back and say, well, they didn't have DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Uh, which may or may not have been a blessing in the playoffs. <laughs> but I got to look at Alvin Gentry around the league and say he's probably in that like top 10 safest coaches. Yeah, yeah which. <laughs> compared to how I was thinking in the beginning of the season, it's kind of kind of mind blowing. I think outside of like the Mount Rushmore of untouchable jobs, he's right. I think he's right below that. Yeah, I agree. I think that was anyway, just really interesting. Okay. So we went through some over unders after that. Um, and they're interesting because I was just very wrong on a lot of them. <laughs> Um, oh, man. I, I there were let me tell you when we did these over-unders there were some good hot takes and uh, I have them written down to sort of share oh, uh, the over-under on Boston was 55 and a half uh, you took the under and I took the, and I took the over and if the Celtics win their next two games they will indeed be over Oh, man. Uh, after getting a combined 60 games from their best two players well, 
I guess I was I was conservative because I figured it would take a minute to gel, but I, they hit the ground sprinting at, to start the season. So, and you also forgot that Brad Stevens uh, was the coach of the year. I did, I did as well, <laughs> which, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I don't know what really happened there. Uh, I still feel good about the over. Had you told yeah. me that uh, Kyrie Irving would only play sixty games and Gordon Hayward would play five minutes, I probably would have gone <laughs> under. Yeah, same. <laughs> Um, I was a conservative over under for me, but yeah, it's still a tight race, dude. Yeah, uh, 55 and a half. That money's still out there. So I got it. Come on, lose. Lose tonight, Celtics. (laughs) With the uh, Nets tonight, the Bucks tomorrow. I don't know. Both of those two teams in some order. Uh, The next one, and this is just, I mean, this is just (laughs) like finger licking good. Uh, The Warriors were a. Over under was at 67 and a half. Um, and you took the under, you know, because you you think about things and you uh are (laughs) a smart person. Uh, the Warriors are currently at 58 wins with one game to go, so they're not going to hit the over under 67 and a half. I said the over, uh, (laughs) and not only did I say the over, I said the Warriors would win 70 games uh this season. Well, that was just that was the temperature of the time. If I, if memory serves, people were people people were thinking that the Warriors could maybe go undefeated. If, I mean, obviously a hot take, but I mean, it felt like it was closer to that than it was to fifty wins. One of my favorite parts uh, of that whole thing was that I said that Omri Caspi was going to be a great contributor to the Warriors, <laughs> who was. Cut a, two days ago. This is a great. This is a great segment. Yep. See, this is why I'm glad we did this, and I'm glad we recorded it, so you can go back and look at it and go like, uh, "You really thought Omri Caspi was going to be a great contributor?" Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Um, the next one we did was uh, San Antonio fifty-five and a half. Ooh, Any I, thoughts on that one? I, I probably went under. You went over. I went on, over. Oh, uh, the Kawhi MVP. I was real into the Spurs and the. The preseason, you were you were you were very high on the Spurs. Um, I went under um, on the bet on fifty five and a half, and I also said at a different part in the same podcast that I thought the Spurs would win fifty nine games. So we're going to call that one a push because that's poor RIP Kawhi. Yeah, but it does look like that they're going to be under since they only are at. 47 wins with one game to go. So it looks like I'm going to be right on that one. Well, time travel could exist, though. We'll see. We'll find out when the season's over. That's true. Uh, the next one we did was Milwaukee at 47 and a half. Oh, geez. I'm sure I went under on that. Both of us went under, and okay. we are going to be uh, affirmed on that one. Uh, the next one was Oklahoma City at 48 and a half. Did I go under? I think I went under. You went over on that one. Okay. Uh, close to right. 47 wins. They only have one game to go, so they are going to go under. Uh, I I went under on that one. Uh, good lines. But uh, this was clairvoyant Andrew seeing into the future. You, at a, at a very hot take time, because the Carmelo Anthony trade the, the was still cooling at the time, uh, said that you thought that adding Carmelo Anthony could actually make them worse. Whoa. Uh, and 
you know, I mean, it wasn't like you were, it wasn't like you were like the only one saying that, but still to, to come on the show and to say that that was a pretty, uh, pretty good take. And it turned out to be right. Genius, kind of know, a basketball genius. Just a little bit of one, you know, not too big, but you know, just the right amount of genius. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's bring your genius to the test. At All right. <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers, 53 and a half. Oh boy, I'm sure I went over, right? You did. You did. Okay. We both went over. Yeah. Because I was very high on the LeBron MVP season. I was also very high on the acquisitions of Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, they're gonna push him. They're gonna push <laughs> him over the top. They were gonna push him over the top. And I, I had said that we may see the best LeBron season of all time, which you statistic- did. statistically I'm not sure we didn't. Yeah. So but there. we were both on the over on that one, and we were wrong. So not not super geniuses. And then the last over-under that we did, and then we get to some weird prop bets, which I think are very funny, and some quotes. Uh, the last over-under was Minnesota 48 and a half. Um, and mm. I, I went would, under. You, I, you went under. I went under. I said that I thought Minnesota would miss the playoffs. There's still time, right? Um, there, and with one game to go, it is a winner-take-all tomorrow night to see if, indeed, the Minnesota oh, Timberwolves miss the playoffs. So we will see. Uh, before we get to the prop bets, I got some good stuff. Um, I said the Spurs would win 59 games while taking the under on 55 and a half. That's uh, just good radio. That's just good radio. You said that you thought Kyrie could average 30 a game. That's just good radio. <laughs> Uh, I said that Dallas uh, was on track to win 38 or 39 games. They won 24. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also said that Jason Tatum will probably play 16 to 20 minutes per game. Uh, Now, obviously not taking into account that um, Gordon Gordon Hayward would be out for the season uh, by the time, like those words were, you know, drying in ink. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, didn't really take that into account, but Jason Tatum is averaging 30.6 minutes per game season. So (laughs) a little bit over, um, Uh, but you know what? I was glad that we did it. And then now I'm very glad that we reflected on it. So we're going to make that a tradition going in. Let's do that. Uh, which brings us to our very last, uh, our very last draft. I mean, our very last, um, prop bet. And it's an interesting one. And it's one that I totally stole from Bill Simmons, uh, something he was talking about early in the season. And we had a bet about whether Philly would get 150 games combined from Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Markel Fultz. Now, what do you think you said? I think I probably said they would. Okay. You did not. You said you didn't think they would. Oh, dang, I'm smart. Uh, and I said I thought that they would get it. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, they did. Whoa. Did, did the math today. Simmons has played 79 on pace to play 81 if he plays the next two. It looks like he might miss tonight. Uh, Embiid played 63 and will not play again in the regular season. And Markel Fultz has played in 12 on pace to play in 14. Wow. Which puts them at 154 games. Man. So it was a very close race. Uh, Bill Simmons did a fantastic job handicapping that imaginary prop bet because (laughs) 154 – 
was spot on. Now, I will say this. You said you, you kind of talked yourself out of the under as you went along because you said you thought you'd get 75-plus from Simmons – which meant you only had to get 75 combined from Fultz and Embiid. Okay, I uh, remember that. Yeah. And so you were you were pretty smart on that because that was actually about what happened with the 79, 63, and 12. Uh, because you got the 75 from Simmons and then uh, you know picked up the other 75 from Embiid and Fultz. So man, yeah, if you told me that Fultz would have lost how to shoot a basketball, though, I, I would not have been confident in that line. So that actually is something I want to talk about before we go. We, You and I have gone on record many times on many different platforms and medias to talk about Markel Fultz because it is one of the most compelling stories of the season. Uh, Fultz is back. He does not look like he can shoot a basketball. Yeah. But all of the other Fultz things are there. What do you think? I'm a, you know, our, our buddy Josh Cornelison wrote a piece today about redrafting, and he had Fultz – I think at number six, and I thought that was a little low because I'm still pretty high on him. So, what do you think? I, the looking at it is it 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 hurts a little bit. It's it, I feel for him, but I, I, at the same time, from like the body of work, the entire evidence, like maybe he's not the shooter he was at Washington, but we I think the evidence is there that he can shoot. Um, Will he ever again? I mean, who knows with these things? I don't think we've seen anything like this in the sport of basketball. It's more akin to something like, you know, baseball. Uh, a sure. pitcher just losing his release point and then he doesn't get it back or whatever. But, uh, you know, I still – I have faith that he will find a shot. I don't I, I don't know when I'm going to stop having faith, but I think for the next – at least for next year, I'm, I'm still tooting the – Tooting. I'm still leading the. Uh, still I'm still tooting that Fultz that Fultz bandwagon. Uh, I asked Josh. Josh was on the podcast last week. We were breaking down the Eastern Conference playoffs and the interesting storylines and whatnot. And I asked him, "Would you play Fultz in the playoffs, um, or would you kind of hold him out and use him in a very small role?" Now, since he's come back, he's played uh, right around 15 minutes a game. Um, since his return on the 26th of March uh, in the past eight games. He's played about 15, 20 minutes a game, some of it uh, uh, sort of favoring the later half of the game. Uh, so he could be a rotation player, could not be. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think it's all up to Markel. If he, if he, like he said, the only reason he's back, I believe, is because he said he could go. It was time. And so – if Markel is comfortable playing, I think you I think you play him. I think holding him out might end up doing more damage to his psyche in the long run. And I, I do believe that th- the mental aspect of this is is bigger than the physical one at this point. So I think I think any anything you can do for uh, from Brett Brown's perspective to help the, this kid out mentally is gonna pay dividends in the long run more than even a deep run into the postseason might this year. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, obviously, if you're a Sixers fan, you're thinking the window is open. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a little chink in the armor for LeBron that, you know, he hasn't really shown to be in apex form. Now, that could change in the next month. Um, but a little bit of something, uh, a, we- a, we- a weakness uh, has sort of exposed itself in the Cavaliers. And, and maybe it's a possibility. I mean, you know, you and I talked about this as Celtics fans that it looked like the East was a little bit more wide open. So you do have yourself like firmly in two camps in that build for the future camp versus 
going for the NBA Finals this year and maybe getting past the Cavaliers. I don't know which one wins out when you do that, but it certainly like I certainly see arguments for both. Yeah, I think I mean look at the Sixers this year with a broken faults. Like if you if you even get like eighty percent of what we thought faults could be going forward, I think that's I think that that's worth it. That's worth whatever minor um, whatever game you maybe maybe you accidentally punt a game because you played faults. In the, in one that was a little bit too tight, and they sagged off in Rondo style. Like, I don't I don't know what the I don't know what it looks like necessarily playing him or not playing him, but I, I think I think you just you got to do you got to do right by him mentally. Yeah, no, I mean I, I totally agree because that's the future of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not ready to give up on Markel Fultz, and it doesn't sound like you are either. We were both very high, maybe perhaps we had a little too high had talked ourselves into the Celtics landing the number one overall pick in last May's draft lottery. And we both got pretty invested in Markel Fultz only to have that rug taken out from under us. But looking back on his tape, which is something I sat down earlier this week and sort of went through his tape from last year at Washington, there's a lot of stuff there that's really appealing. Yeah, he's he's freaking – he's smooth – like lightning he's lightning smooth which i i don't know i can't think of anyone off the top of my head who who moves like he does at that size he remind we i mean we had talked about this last summer but he reminds me of young mcgrady and that he's yeah. very long he's very graceful he's a good he's a good leaper he's a quick leaper uh and everything he does is just within the confine it, it you know like when you're watching a basketball game it looks like some guys are trying really hard and then it mm-hmm. looks like some guys aren't trying so hard uh, that it just sort of comes to them. That's what I get when I watch Markel Fultz is that the game just kind of comes to him in a very natural way, which is not something you can learn. No, at all. Like he's aggressive. He's aggressive, smooth, and it does look natural out there, uh, you know, outside of a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> outside of his shoulder impingement mm-hmm. uh, or whatever it is. So anyway, that was that was our uh, hot takes. So let's change gears just for a minute here and do some playoff hot takes. Uh, so that, you know we're just continuing the trend of making bad predictions and then watching them fall flat on their face. <laughs> so we'll probably revisit this in a month or two uh, at the end of June, and we'll talk about how poorly we did. So I can't wait. It's April tenth. We're sitting here discussing this. The playoffs start this coming Saturday. Andrew, hot take me. Um, Celtics, four, four, four. Um, okay. Easy one. I got that one out of the way. Besides that one, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think hot take, hot take, hot take. So, Portland Trailblazers finals opponents. No, that's too hot. <laughs> that's too. That's rich. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying for hot, but I. It's not. It's not necessarily in my wheelhouse. You, you went. You went too hot. I went too hot. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to lead the uh, podcast with the Portland Trailblazers yeah, NBA Finals. <laughs> my my hot take, and it's not very hot. Uh, it's kind of a boring take, but I, I think it's a hot take because people don't want this to be the case. And it is that we are headed for Warriors Cavaliers four. Uh, that's, we, that's hot. We, we talked about this the other day uh, in our Slack chat that uh, the ratings might tank if that happens. Yeah, I think I found it fascinating. I meant to bring it up in that chat, but it, it just the day got away from me. But that, 
Yes, that uh, a group of um, NBA diehards, for lack of a better word, is is uh, already dreading that matchup. Like, if the NBA diehards are dreading that, what what are the what are the what's everyone else doing? Like, yeah. how how bad is it for them? Like, I could see it. Uh, I mean, I think there's going to be the initial draw of like, oh, Clash of the Titans once again. But after game one or game two, I think I think we're at risk of ratings cratering. Yeah, I, it could be a pretty pretty nasty time for TV, particularly yeah. like in the wake of that big TV deal. I, I just it, there's nothing compelling about it. I, I don't see a healthy, even a ninety percent healthy Warriors team even being challenged by the Cavaliers, uh, particularly without Kyrie Irving. I thought Kyrie Irving was like that that piece that made the matchup interesting because the Warriors had have absolutely no answer for Irving. And it was one of the reasons I was very excited for him to be a Celtic because yep. he is one of the players that they just don't have any answer for. I mean, even when they put clay on him, he just makes tough shots and it's very hard to defend a player who makes tough shots. Um, but now no Kyrie roster change up a little bit. Apex LeBron. That'll be fun. That's always fun. Um, but I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, but that is my prediction. And then I have one more prediction, and this is real. This is not this is not homerism. This is not the fan side. This is the analyst side. The Boston Celtics are going to make the Eastern Conference Finals and, and probably get swept. Yeah, but I don't think the Sixers. I think the Sixers' offense is very predictable. I think that. Al Horford is a pretty interesting – Al Horford, the combination of Al Horford and Aaron Baines is a pretty interesting foil for Joel Embiid. And I don't think Ben Simmons is quite to the level where he can carry his team through a playoff series when a coach like Brad Stevens is game planning for him night in and night out. So I think that the Celtics will probably have a tight series in round one, a tight series in round two, and they will go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So – uh I got put on the spot by myself to make hot takes, and that's what I came away with. I like that one, actually. That's that's pretty well, a well reasoned hot take. Better than Portland Trailblazers fine. <laughs> well, that's going to lead. That's going on the, co- <laughs> the uh, tweet when I send out podcast. It says Portland. The the it's going to be finals. <laughs> it's Celtics talk prop bets. Portland Trailblazers make the NBA finals. That's it. There's the show. Do you want to elaborate on that, or is that just? I, I think the essence of that take is that it's just it's just there, it's loud, it's in your face. There's nothing backed up by it. It's just <laughs> you just have to sit there and think about what my process was to get there. I and think there, that's that's it. Is the process that there was no process? Well, I mean, I'll leave that up to interpretation. Uh, that would be telling. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. You're, as I've said, friend of the program. I mean, and that's a, you know, oh, friend of the program, Celtics outsider Andrew Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that's not just lip service either. No, that's okay. the, that's real deal, baby. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's all I got for today. Anything you want to get a plug in for? I mean, I don't know what you're up to. Um uh check out the 94 feet report you know guys it's uh it's pretty great basketball stuff uh better anal- analyzing analyzing than what i'm doing here <laughs> all right i don't know if you write that uh portland trailblazers nba finals article you may you may get something maybe maybe i'm onto something there all right, all right man well we'll talk to you later all right sounds good see you